Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health Right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. What's up, everybody? You're listening to another episode of Life in English. I'm your host, Tony of Kaizen. And in this episode, I want to share a quick story with you and challenge you to question some of your beliefs. Now, rest assured, I'm not talking about your religious beliefs, but your beliefs about what's possible and what you are capable of. And you know me, always talking about some philosophical shit. That's what I do. You know, I think about shit and then I act like I know what I'm talking about. It's worked for me so far. So without further ado, <laughs> let's get started. Now, the story I'm going to share with you is an old fable or an old story, you could say, called The Devil's Best Tool. Now, hopefully it will give you some insight and help you solve a problem that so many of us face at one point or another. So here we go. Now, the story I was I saw this can't even fucking talk. I first saw this story in a book called The Millionaire Real Estate Investor by Gary Keller. Now, this book has absolutely nothing to do with the subject that I'm going to talk about. But that's the good thing about great books is a lot of the lessons or stories that you find in these books. You can apply them or they are applicable to many other situations or subjects. Okay. So that was where I saw this story and I just decided to share it with you because I think it's pretty universal, you know. So again, it's called The Devil's Best Tool. So here we go. Actually, before I start, I just thought about this. Um, what I think you should know or what I feel like I should tell you is that it's a very old story. Um, when you hear the word fable, you can always think old story that has some type of lesson to be learned, right? So in this story, there's going to be some words or maybe some phrases that are not familiar to you that sound strange. Maybe you've never heard them or something like that. But do not feel bad. Do not stop the podcast just because you don't understand what's being said. What I'm going to do is read the original version and then 
talk about some of the vocabulary. It's a very short story. So I'll share some vocabulary that I think will help you understand the story better. And then I'm going to read the story again. And what I've done is I've replaced some of those unfamiliar words and phrases with much more common words and phrases. So the second time I read the story, it will be with language that I think is more common and more understandable. And then we will continue the episode. All right. So now let's get started. In the old fable, the devil's best tool, the devil is going out of business and selling all the tools of his trade. For sale are implements such as the hammer of hatred, the scythe of spite, the maul of malice, and the dagger of deceit. As one would expect, the devil's tools are all ominous, but oddly, the highest price item in his arsenal is an extremely worn and harmless-looking wedge. When asked why it was so expensive, the devil slowly smiled and replied, To be totally candid, this may be my most powerful weapon of all. I call it the wedge of doubt. When all of my other tools fail me, I know I can always rely on doubt and discouragement to break the heart and shatter the will of man. And that's the story, folks. So, maybe you understood everything, but just in case you didn't, now I'm going to run through or quickly explain some vocabulary that I think maybe is difficult or you've never seen before. Then I'm going to read the story again really quick, and then we'll continue. So, vocabulary. Going out of business. All right. If a company goes out of business, it stops doing business permanently. It shuts down, especially because the business has failed. It's not making enough money. It's gone bankrupt or something like that. So it's going out of business. <clears throat> All right. Next is the tools of his trade. What does this mean? The tools of someone's trade or the tools of the trade are the skills and the equipment that you need in order to do your job. And trade, in this case, is another word for job or speciality, right? So maybe your trade is electricity. You are an electrician. That's your trade. Or maybe you're an accountant, so you work with accounting. That is your trade. That's your specialty. That's your job. So the tools of your trade are the tools you need to do your job, right? All right, the next one is implements. Implement. An implement is like, I'm, to be honest, this is the first time I've ever used, I've ever heard this word used in this way, but it means a tool or a utensil or other piece of equipment, especially used for a particular purpose. In other words, it's a tool, okay? Implement is another word for tool. You will probably never hear somebody say implement when they mean to say tool. But now you know. The next one on the list is ominous. All right. The word ominous means giving the impression that something is bad or unpleasant, right? Or threatening or inauspicious. So all of his tools are dark or they seem bad or threatening or something like that. As you would imagine when you think of the tools of the devil, right? All right. The next word is oddly. O D D L Y. Oddly. And uh, it's really a synonym, synonym for the word strangely. So if something is odd, it's also strange, which means in a way that is different from what is usual or expected. Okay. The next word is arsenal. 
and I'm not talking about the football team. Fuck Arsenal, the football team, by the way. Go Man United. Arsenal, in this case, which is actually relevant to the team, an arsenal is a collection of weapons and military equipment stored by a country, a person, or group. So it's just a collection of weapons, right? So if I have a particular weapon in my arsenal, it means I have a particular weapon in my set of weapons, my group of weapons, all right? Now, the next word is worn, W-O-R-N, worn. And what this means is damaged and shabby as a result of much use, right? So let's say you have a t-shirt that you've had for, I don't know, 15 years. There's holes in it. The color is, is fading and stuff like that. It's just a really old worn shirt because you have worn it a lot. You see what I'm saying? Or if it's a tool or something like that, it just means you've used it a lot. And it gets worn down or worn out, old and damaged and, you know, just not, how can I say? It's in a poor condition specifically because you've used it so much, okay? That's what it means to be worn in this case. All right, the next one is harmless looking. Now, this one you probably understand, but harmless just means not able to or not likely to cause harm or damage or pain. It's not threatening. So if something is harmless looking, it looks like it's not a threat. Okay? Now the next one, and probably the most important piece of vocabulary in the story, is wedge. W-E-D-G-E. And what this is, is a piece of wood, metal, or some other material having one thick end and tapering to a thin edge. So imagine like a slice of pizza. Okay? At the tip of the pizza is very... It's like a point, almost like a triangle. Imagine that, right? But the other side of that slice of pizza is much bigger, thicker. It's almost round. So you can imagine the shape of a wedge, almost like a slice of pizza. Okay? And we use a wedge typically. We drive it or we put it between two objects to either separate them or keep them in place. So you might use a wedge to keep a door open, for example. And we call it a door stopper or a door stop. Normally, it's the shape of a wedge. Okay, I'll put a picture of what a wedge actually is in the show notes. Maybe that'll help you understand better because I don't feel like the explanation was great. And again, or not again, I'm telling you for the first time, if you want to read every word of this episode, if you want to read the vocabulary, read the story, read everything I'm saying in this moment, you can visit lifeinenglish.net. And if you want the transcript for this specific episode, you can go to lifeinenglish.net slash ep52 that's lifeinenglish.net slash ep and the numbers five two all right so last three words the first one is candid and it just means truthful and straightforward or frank or honest all right the next word is shatter which means to break or cause to break suddenly and violently into pieces so imagine somebody purposely breaking a piece of glass and it it shatters into pieces okay and the last word on the list is will not speaking about the future like i will call you but will in this context means a deliberate or fixed desire or intention okay now hopefully all that vocabulary those explanations were helpful for you now i'm going to read the story again but not with that vocabulary I'm going to use all those or I'm going to replace all those words and phrases I just explained and maybe the story will make more sense and obviously you can always rewind or just read the show notes or the transcript um, on the website. 
All right, so I'm going to read the story again right now. In the old fable, the devil's best tool, the devil is going out of business and selling all of the tools he used to do his work. For sale are tools such as the hammer of hatred, the scythe of spite, the maul of malice, and the dagger of deceit. As one would expect, the devil's tools are all dark and threatening. But strangely, the highest price item in his group of tools is an extremely old and harmless looking wedge. When asked why it was so expensive, the devil smiled slowly and replied, To be totally honest, this may be my most powerful weapon of all. I call it the wedge of doubt. When all my other tools fail me, I know I can always rely on doubt and discouragement to break the heart and destroy the spirit of man. So what's the moral of this story, you might be asking yourself. It might be obvious to you, I don't know. But for those of you that, you know, maybe didn't understand it so clearly because of the language or the story itself, what I take from the story is that you should never, ever, ever underestimate the power of doubt. And what is doubt? Maybe you don't know what that means. D-O-U-B-T. And the B is silent in this case. Doubt. What that is, is basically the opposite of belief. So if you have a doubt, it means you have a lack of belief or a reason not to believe something. Right? So you should never underestimate doubt. Especially in, in, in the context of yourself. What you believe about yourself. You know? Because doubt turns into fear or maybe doubt even comes from fear i don't really know but they're very closely connected doubt and fear and they can really 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 have a negative effect on the way you think about yourself you know the actions that you take the decisions that you make and ultimately you know what you achieve in life you know a lot of people spend years just going down the wrong path and they don't really know why they don't know why things aren't working for them they don't know why you know, life isn't going the way they want it to. And a lot of times it's something as simple, let's say, as doubt, you know. So in the next section of the book, The Millionaire Real Estate Investor, which is where I found this short story. The, the short story doesn't come from the book, but the book referenced that short story. I mean, again, The Devil's Best Tool is a very, very, very old story from, I don't know, tens maybe hundreds of years ago but in the book i was reading the millionaire real estate investor gary keller talks about this problem called a myth understanding a myth understanding now the you would think the correct word is misunderstanding which means you don't understand something right but a myth understanding is part myth part misunderstanding so he just kind of blended the two words together Right. And it's the thing that keeps so many people from starting something new, persevering and reaching desired success in life. You know, and mentality is everything in life. So here are six myth understandings that you might have and I think deserve a little bit of consideration. Right. So, again, in the book, obviously, he's talking about real estate, but these lessons, these ideas, I took them and kind of let's say, applied them to anybody learning English or anybody learning anything at the end of the day. But in the context of this episode, I'm going to focus on English. So again, 
Here are six myth understandings between you and fluency in English. Number one, I don't need to become fluent in English. Number two, it doesn't matter if I want to be or need to be fluent, I just can't be. Number three, learning English is too complicated. Number four, I don't know how to learn another language. Number five, learning English requires some special talent or gift. And number six, there are so many people that will always speak better than me. So now, just take a quick moment to ask yourself, have you ever said one of these things to yourself before? Have you ever found yourself thinking these things before? Now, I'd like to uh, take a moment to talk about each of these myth understandings in more detail. All right. So number one, I don't need to become fluent in English or any language for that matter. The thing is, you absolutely need to become fluent in English. All right. Absolutely. That's probably why you started learning it in the first place. That's probably why you're listening to this podcast. There are so many reasons to become fluent in the English language today. But the truth is that there are so many reasons to become fluent in any language. Even if you don't really want to learn English, I believe everyone should be fluent in at least two languages. The most common reasons for learning English as a foreign language are probably work and travel, right? People need to be proficient in the English language in order to get a better job or they want to be able to travel the world and they know that English has become the universal language of the world. You can go to almost any country and find someone that speaks English, right? So would you like to get a better job or simply create more opportunities for yourself at your current job? You need to learn English. Do you want to travel the world without fear of not being able to understand and communicate with people? You need to learn English. Learning English, or any language, also creates more life opportunities for you. When you learn a second language, you open up an entire world of possibilities, you know, possible connections that you can make. And do you realize that there are millions, perhaps billions of people, that you literally can't talk to simply because you don't have a common language to communicate in? Do you understand that because of this simple fact, there are opportunities you will never be able to take advantage of, friendships you will never be able to forge, and things you will never be able to learn? Most of us want to live a large and fulfilled life. And you can't do that if you're always thinking, excuse me, if you're always living life in your comfort zone. It's like eating the same food every day for the rest of your life, you know? Just imagine that. Learning a language is also great for your mental health. Your brain is the most powerful and the most important muscle you have at your disposal. And just like you go to the gym to do some physical exercise, you need to be doing mental exercise as well. Trying to learn a language can be exhausting, frustrating, simply unpleasant. But it doesn't have to be. With the right methodology, teacher and mentality, you can become fluent in any language just by dedicating one hour a day to practicing your language. It doesn't have to be 60 consecutive minutes either. It could be five minutes here, 
20 minutes there. You decide what's best for you. But one thing that's non-negotiable is dedication and consistency. I guess that's two things, huh? (laughs) So take your brain to the mental gym and watch your skills improve over time. Now, let's talk about number two. It doesn't matter if I want or need to be fluent. I just can't. Allow me to take a minute to explain what's wrong with this way of thinking. There's a very short list of things that you literally cannot do. And anything that has to do with learning is not on that list. When people say I can't, what they're really doing is inventing a reason for not trying. They're using a lack of belief in themselves as a rationale for quitting before they even start. How could you know what you can or can't do until you actually try, right? How do you know that you're not simply using ineffective methods to learn something and all you need to do is change your strategy? If you learned your first language, you can learn a second and you can learn a third. The only thing that's stopping you in this case, and in almost all cases, is you. I know plenty of people, personally, that have managed to learn the English language without ever taking a formal course. I've managed to learn Spanish and then Portuguese without paying a single dollar. What's the difference between you and me? Absolutely nothing. The only difference, I could say, is our mentalities. And I'm not saying that, you know, maybe you have this mentality, but if you do, then I'm speaking directly to you. You know, that's the only difference. So take a moment to consider if you are the type of person that's quick to say, I can't, and then figure out why you're that type of person. You should quickly see that the only thing between you and any level of success is the limits that you place on yourself. And I know that sounds cliche, but hey, it's the truth. So, number three, learning English is too complicated. Learning a language is only as complicated as you make it, like most things in life. Was learning your first language, was that a complicated process for you? Probably not. And even if it was, you still did it, right? There are a bunch of things you could focus on when picking up the English language. Phrasal verbs prepositions, different accents, dialects, etc. And it's even a good idea to get exposed to all of it. But at the end of the day, you need to remember that learning is a process. Step by step, day by day. I'm sure you've heard the cliche, the journey of a thousand miles starts with a single step. Well, it's a cliche for a reason, because there's some undeniable truth in that. No matter what you want to do in life, you just got to fucking start. Right. A journey of a thousand miles literally starts with a single step. So get to walking, motherfucker. Now, you don't need to know everything about the English language to be fluent and you don't need to be fluent to start communicating with people. So focus on what you really need and just leave the rest for later. How do you know what you really need? Start talking to people or even yourself And it will quickly become clear. Can you talk about the things that you do every day? If not, focus on that. Can you talk about your passions? If not, focus on that. 
Is grammar giving you trouble? Find someone who can correct your mistakes. You know? Just focus on one thing at a time and take it one day at a time. Simple as that. So, number four. I don't know how to learn another language. Like I said before, if you can learn one language, you can learn ten languages. So stop and think about how you learned your native language. I said that with a weird intonation, huh? So stop and think about how you learned your native language. There you go. Much better. The people around you, right? Getting back to the point. Think about the way you learned your native language. The people around you were communicating in a particular way. You started imitating them. Because that's what humans do. And year after year, your ability to speak like everyone around you got better and better, right? So why should it be any different with your second or third language? The answer is it, it shouldn't be, you know? So I suggest you take some time to study how humans learn things. I mean the psychology of it, you know? What is actually happening when a human learns something and how does it happen? Once you have a better understanding of this, maybe you'll be whoa, fucking up here. Once you have a better understanding of this, maybe you'll have a better understanding of why you simply need to start talking to people if you want to learn how to talk to people. As I said in the previous point, it's only as complicated as you make it, man. All right. So number five, learning English requires some special talent or gift. Now, this could not be further from the truth. This could not be less true, is what I'm saying. I really don't believe that the ability to learn is a matter of intelligence. It's a matter of effort. Now, of course, there are people that are born with natural abilities to do certain things more easily than other people. But hard work beats talent every time. Every time. At the end of the day, language is not some kind of competition. And even if it were, the only person you'd be competing against is yourself. So stop comparing yourself to other people, you know, because there are so many reasons why that's a bad idea in any situation. Just start focusing on what you are capable of. You might actually surprise yourself in the process. And number six, last but not least. There are so many people that will always speak better than me. Now, this one is, you know, I'm just being redundant at this point. But let me just say again, this is not a competition. And what does it matter if there's somebody that can speak English better than you? What exactly does that say about you? If someone else's greatness makes you feel bad about yourself, the problem is not someone else's greatness. Just think about that for a second. Now, I'd like to end this episode in summary. Uh, Bro, I'm fucking up all the intonation, all my sentences, man. I'm fucking this up. I'm going to do that again. Now, I'd like to end this episode in summary. There you go. Never underestimate the power of doubt and its ability to keep you from everything you want in life. Most people never wake up to the fact that just one thing is holding them back. 
Now, there are two things that separate successful people from unsuccessful people. And those are excuses and solutions. People that really want something make solutions. And people who don't make excuses. Now, solutions and excuses really come from the same thing. And that's your mentality. So, this is the Life in English podcast. I'm your host, Tony Kaizen, and I'll talk to you later. Peace! Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.